war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal Since 2006 And also 24-7 emergency service available Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal Stump grinding Tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you are listing to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it is monday it's halloween happy halloween one and all you know october it's um october's it's just it's actually such a great month i'm sorry to see it go you can get a lot done there's no real holidays uh just so it's productive and it's also long i mean look at this it's still october so happy halloween one and all now folks um a week from tomorrow is the election I'm going to talk about that, but I want to start off on this Monday. Now, coming up, we will have uh, politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. I want to start off with this bizarre story. It hit on Friday, and it has to do with the fact of this this business of of Paul Pelosi and what happened over the weekend, and and how quickly forces jumped into action to say that this was somehow connected to you know the MAGA movement and all the rhetoric and so forth I mean first of all when you first hear the the account that he was you know he's an 82 year old man and he was had his skull fractured with a hammer but from the onset the, the, the there's a lot of speculation about this and let's just go with some of the things that don't make sense about those whole whole things starting with you know the time that it is is 2 30. we're supposed to believe that this guy broke into the house at 2 30. paul pelosi's in the home now i don't know why they they are of means nancy pelosi's the speaker third in line to the president and i mean i don't know why you wouldn't have a security person and i mean maybe that even they hire who's just there from nine o'clock at night until six o'clock in the morning or something like that 10 to 6 some overnight security person so we're to believe he's alone in the house so if we take the the uh, different version and versions have evolved here from you know there was a report that they they both were in their underwear to the intruder was in his underwear to they both had a hammer then there's one hammer um there was a report over the weekend that I saw that there was they they, they were saying there's a there was a third person in the house, and I, I think they're trying to retract that. But let's just take it if we take them at their word that someone breaks in at two thirty. First of all, the the crashing of the door. I would think that would you would immediately call nine one one unless he went down to investigate. I I don't know, but you're an eighty two year old man um nancy pelosi is in washington as you can imagine i'm not sure why he wouldn't also be with her in washington i would think that that's just where they live but be that as it may he's back in san francisco in their home 
which is really a mansion in a townhouse. And, you know, then this business that he, he gets into the bathroom and he's talking in code and saying, I have my friend here and we're waiting for the speaker. I know they revealed that he was the the intruder supposedly had zip ties so and then they linked that to january 6th first thing we said was he was saying where's nancy they linked to january 6th it, the whole thing is just odd and you you would think that they would have a very elaborate uh security system that somehow someone is monitoring i i don't i don't know what to make of this there are different stories there's a a newspaper called uh, the San Santa Monica Examiner, and even Elon Musk floated. There are rumors about Paul Pelosi that little odd uh, in San Francisco. It was also odd about the DUI. So he certainly values his privacy for some reason. As I had said in the past, I have no idea why an 82-year-old man of their means and power position wouldn't have a driver the fact that he was even pulled over on a dui why he wouldn't have a driver is odd why he would feel the need to have privacy is is unusual uh when he was first got pulled over on the dui there was a, a re initial report that he had someone in the car with him but it's tough to find any information on that now but this just none of it makes sense i mean think the amount of people that have home security systems you would think that nancy pelosi and her husband would have a very extensive security system um and cameras and sensors and if someone broke a window or came in through a door that it would set off an immediate alarm but this business that somehow he's in the bathroom and he's talking in code and i i i don't understand i don't understand any of it other than paul pelosi's in the hospital and and both you know uh president biden and others were very quick to switch this and and i admit when it first broke going off the story that they had and we didn't know this guy's background this guy that did it is like a total loon but it did seem that maybe someone went a little bit far and then i i know there's a report that supposedly he had a list of other leaders i don't know what to make of that they um it's it's also very surprising that they don't have their act together as far as like you know you and i i get that there's different investigative agencies so you have the fbi you have the capitol police so you have the san francisco you know is it is it a local who's who's in charge here but to to have to retract things not have the story um the initial press conference they had it's you just you want to create or or just give us a consistent narrative of facts not something i i'm very surprised with this paul pelosi thing that that it keeps changing in this way so now there are you know it's out there there there's some rumors out there that somehow uh they met out and that he brought him back to his home you know and then something went went wrong and he started attacking him the guy started attacking him with the hammer i i'm not sure what to make of that and then there's there's there is a report online that they believe the police were the ones that broke the glass on the door to get into the house um and that's how it it shattered but that he brought him there so uh, as if they were out and then um paul pelosi brought this this kind of very odd unusual individual into his home with him um and then somehow something you know went awry i i don't know what to make of that or maybe he didn't know exactly who paul pelosi was and then figured out who he was and then that's why he was but th there's just one person claiming this guy was saying where's nancy they immediately started drawing parallels to january 6th it's tough to ignore i'm not i don't believe i'm not going to go so far as some saying it was staged um 
Something seems odd here, though. I mean, none of it, it, it doesn't make sense. And some very basic things. Again, just if you take away from the fact that, that their home, Nancy Pelosi's home, has been the subject. People know where they live. And they're on kind of like a, you know, it's a, obviously a very exclusive area, but it's a just a street. They're not off in an enclave somewhere where no one could get access to them. But if you even take away the fact that she's Speaker of the House, they're still, you know, of tremendous means. It's a very valuable home. And her investments since she entered Congress and certainly been Speaker um, have grown considerably. So it's um, it's an unusual story, to say the least. And what doesn't make sense is why, as I've said, that they would not, you would think that, all right, let's, let's say in this business that they, they have to have, um, you know, are people saying, so they need, I don't know, about 24 hour security, but you would think the position they're in, I don't know, some kind of, uh, I mean, it wouldn't. The, there are people that have the type of resources they have, and they do have 24-hour security. Someone there, even if it's, um, I, I don't know, a retired police officer of some kind. There's got to be some Democrats out in San Francisco that also happen to be retired police who would be more than happy for, you know, a reasonable amount of money to to be there certainly there at night um if not there more than that so and at the very least you would think that they would have some kind of elaborate security both video cameras and um and, and motion detectors but again there there has been this thing that paul pelosi has this thing about privacy which is a little odd there's been rumors about him that maybe there's something a little unusual about some of his choices outside of the marriage to the speaker. I want to just, again, say that those are really just rumors. But I, I will say this. Even if you take everything that has been reported at face value, it is still odd that he's, uh, he's so, so if we're going to take them, so there's an intruder, this guy breaks in, and David the De Peppo, and he breaks in by smashing the door, and the door's crashed, and and that Paul Pelosi comes downstairs with a hammer, an eighty. So is he going to fight off the attacker? Wouldn't you, if you could hear someone in your house, which would be terrifying? Uh, I don't know why alarms wouldn't go off. I wouldn't. I don't know why you wouldn't call nine one one, lock your bedroom door, and call nine one one, or wherever you are. I, was he walking around in the kitchen and this guy came crashing through? I still think you would then, you know, lock yourself in a secure room and and call 911. So I, I, I don't know. The actions of the whole thing just, there's something very unusual about this. It's also unusual how quickly people in San Francisco started going to this down this road of rumors about Paul Pelosi and there may be something here that we're not fully understanding. So we will see how this develops today. So, folks, it's Monday. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween again, one and all. It's the John DePietro Show. We're going to do uh, talk to Justin Katz, politics this week. The election is a week from tomorrow. And the best news is Chris Christie was on national television yesterday, former governor of Jersey, and he said... You know, Rhode Island is about to elect a Republican to Congress in the form of Alan Fung. That is really the best news of the election. So we'll cover it all right here. Don't go anywhere on the John DePietro Show. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week, 8 Days to Go. Folks, he's the managing editor at AnchorRising.com, and it's Justin Katz. And, Justin, I want to um, start off our segment just that, to me, the race for governor, this is the final full week now. Uh, next weekend is it, and then Election Day, even though a lot of people are voting early, but it's Tuesday, November 8th. The race, to me, is has really gotten ugly, uh, back and forth. And I believe 
there's two debates scheduled for this week, but I want to start off just kind of get your thoughts on um, what kind of erupted at the end of last week was there was um, Ashley Kalis was getting an endorsement and the person giving it, I think it had to do with um, elderly care and accused the McKee campaign of using his mom as a prop. And then the McKee people struck back and I think showed a picture of her at the state house. We don't know when it was taken, but of her at the state house. And then, um, and just a, a lot of back and forth and just get your thoughts that it would certainly seem that, you know, it was the McKee people, the debates, one thing, but the, 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 the McKee people started with that. She's not from around here. And at this point though, we didn't see this with, uh, you know, Gina Raimondo and Alan Fung. If anything, Trillo kind of interrupted that in 2018. But I just don't think we've seen in 2010. I don't remember such animosity between John Robitaille, Chafee, Frank Caprio. 2006 it certainly wasn't like that between Don Cacieri and Charlie Fogarty. And, and in 2002, um, it was Governor Cacieri and Murph York and, I just don't think in some ways it's just maybe it's reflective of the time because Ashley Kalis clearly does not like Governor McKee. And and boy, it's it's the same going back, you know, in her direction. Oh, certainly. I, I think, though, there's there's some element to this, particularly among the uh, the folks who are endorsing Ashley Kalis. There's a, I think there's a lot of disappointment in McKee among yes. the people who might otherwise back a Republican. I mean, I think a lot of people expected him to be very different than he's been. Uh, I think a lot of people are angry. And, and as, as we've been talking about for months, how he's basically sold his soul to get elected. Uh, and so I, I think there, there's, that is bubbling over. And I, he, I think, invited it with that commercial. I mean, it's one thing to make a big deal out of your opposition having not lived in the state for a long time, but that commercial was, was really gross. I mean, as yeah. a, just as a Rhode Islander, the you're not from around here thing, it just, it, it gave me the creeps and made me, made me kind of angry at the idea of it. And all the people in it, there's actually been a recut now with a lot of the same cast of characters probably filmed around the same time uh, about abortion, but, just they they look angry and mean and like yeah. they have disdain for, it's not just it's not just disdain for Ashley Kalis it's it's, a, it's just disdain for for Rhode Islanders and uh, so I think they've invited that and I think there's a lot of kind of negativity in the uh, in the the political air so to speak but he he as the I think bears the, the bulk of the responsibility as kind of the the you know should be the grown-up in a room. I mean, he's the incumbent governor. He should be right. trying to rise above it, and he's not. Instead, we get, you know, on, on primary night, you know, hang up on them, you know, that. That's that right. Whole. So it's just, it's who he is. And so I think you combine people who thought he was going to be a, an improvement from Gina Raimondo, their disappointment and kind of anger at his selling out combined with his kind of just nastiness. And I think that's, that's what you, what you get is a, a race dipping down into the, the muck. And it, it kind of gives you, makes you wonder what kind of numbers he's seeing in his internal polling that he's, he's getting right. nervous or something. You know, that's a good point. And, and on top of that, again, you just compare to Ramundo. I never got the sense from Gina Ramundo. First of all, she was definitely in charge. I never got the sense that she was like a, at war with the media but the McKee people, they, they definitely, you know, blame the media for a lot of their problems. Specifically, they have this thing against Channel 12. Um, and therefore, as we've talked about, you know, they play fast and loose. They won't release the test scores. They, on top of that, they, you know, wouldn't uh, give any information on who has been subpoenaed on the staff with this FBI probe. They, they wouldn't produce emails because the Channel 12 requests and, Mike McGee, and there were some emails that said Mike, but there were others that said Michael. So I think in some ways, Justin, they, this whole attitude of kind of like they're in the bunker, I, I think you're exactly right. It's been emulating in different ways. We really saw it on primary night with the hang up on them. And then, um, and so, so surely it would come into play. Do you think any of that is, is playing into the favor of the Kalis campaign? Like, where, where do you see her right now with basically the final week of the campaign? Well, I, from from what I can tell, they're doing 
doing better than I, I had expected. I mean, and if you yeah. look at, and there's always the danger of, you know, your curate, your, your news feeds getting curated in ways you don't, don't expect. And so you, you get stuck in a bubble, but I mean, a lot of what I've seen from, from her camp is, is positive out and about doing things. And, and McKee, you get that these, that handful of supporters doing this nasty, these nasty commercials and, and you just don't get that sense. And the people, his support is entirely special interests in labor unions. Uh, and it's all very much tied to their, their personal financial interests. And that's kind of obvious. So she, she's doing a lot better than I, I was expecting on this time, whether it'll, it'll be enough. I'm, I guess we'll see. Uh, I think there are a lot of, they're just, I, I don't want to underestimate how much just, dissatisfaction there might be I mean, in, yes. in Rhode Island, especially with McKee and just kind of this, uh, there, there could be a lot of people who thought, as I said a, a few minutes ago, that he was going to be an improvement, you know, a small business guy, you know, a relatively moderate Democrat. Instead, he's just far left unions all the way, tax and spend. Uh, and I think a lot of people are, are disappointed in that. And that certainly plays to Kalis's benefit. And I actually thought when I was watching the the second version of the kind of nasty attack ad from McKee's group, that that I, I have to think that hurts him more than it hurts her at this point. Right. It's just right. it's just mean. It's just it's not even it's not here's what McKee's going to do better. It's just no, this we don't like her. Let's get rid yeah. of her. You know, just just send her back where she came from. And and I think that negative ads always well, the 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 common wisdom is that negative ads always hurt the person who plays them. And so you have to That's use right. them delicately. And these are particularly vicious and and not and not with that redeeming qualities it's not as if they're saying she did this and i'll do this in a good way you know it's, it's just a bunch of people catty bad-mouthing uh, a female candidate for governor i don't think that plays well with people it's um they have a very parochial approach you know uh you're not in on the game you're not from her i think that really sums up the mckee campaign you're not from around here but it's 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 not you know it's not an inclusive attitude by any means He's definitely running to me a very inside insider, you know, Democrat only type of leader. He has not gotten any support from any Republicans. I don't think he's you don't see a lot of business owners with him. He always preaches small business, but the small business people you talk about, they all they do is complain about him. So I think Governor McKee, his his base, he's not even attempting to be. Uh, a wide ranging, you know, popular leader trying to appeal to different people. I think that commercial of you're not from around here. I think that also just kind of sums up the attitude between him and the, and the union people. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com right here on the John DePietro show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed urgent care, Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz. Justin, last week, Ashley Kalis, I attended this. It was in Pawtucket. It was a terrible rainy night i was turned around twice like where am i going and uh but it was in a trucking warehouse and boy you go in and they have a stage and they have music and they have food and her campaign buses there that a lot of the democrats have been criticizing 
saying she's uh, leaving a bad carbon footprint and uh, the Kalis people say, well, you know, they, they get more done on the bus and that way they don't have to take a bunch of cars. They're actually saving on that because <laughs> the Democrats, when they go somewhere, they're all arriving in different vehicles. But what did you make of the uh, the big rally of the Democrats for Ashley Kalis? Well, I, I think it was, I mean, it, it, it's encouraging to see, and especially in contrast, as you saw, as you said, McKee, there's no, at least that I've seen, no Republicans None. for McKee. No, um, and God, I mean, zero. I mean, you, you do have to kind of consider that one of them, Richard Fossa, started Democrats for Kerchiri. So this isn't, I don't know that it's a, a out, you know, an outpouring of rejecting, rejecting McKee, but it's definitely a, a headline she wants, especially if, if there's this dissatisfaction with McKee in general, just having this out there and as a real thing um, will give lots of, well, maybe lots, but at least some people space to, to go with their gut, which is go against McKee. And I think that's, that's a big hurdle in Rhode Island is just people feel like they have to vote along with the Democrat. That's, they yeah. just have this feeling like they're supposed to do it. And so, you know, a few, a few news stories talking about Democrats for Ashley or Ashley or Kalis, whichever it is, uh, I, I, that could have an outsized impact, even if it isn't necessarily indicative of a, a huge uh, change in the, in the temperature in Rhode Island. Um, also, there were some, some a new story that came out at the end of the week and it had to do supposedly some incident in chicago uh some kind of a business thing it justin it's classic where a, a campaign drops it to the media they go out there um it didn't get a tremendous amount of attention i just believe anything involving law enforcement it was mostly some disagreement and maybe she's you know there was no police report filed but the police were called um I just think it pales in comparison when you're talking about a sitting governor who's under an FBI probe. So short of like she's guilty of homicide or something, it, it all again, whatever this was, some kind of an argument and then someone called the police. I, I'm going to just repeat that. It, it just pales in the fact that you're talking about a sitting governor who's had all these investigations and now he's a subject of an FBI probe. Yeah, I, I have to wonder about this story, actually. I, I... There, there must be some sort of minimum threshold of credibility to make something newsworthy. And I'm not sure yeah. this, this meets it. I mean, the, the, the woman wouldn't talk to at least channel 12. I don't know if anybody else got them to talk to her, uh, got her to talk to them. Uh, there was no police report. They, Kayla says she, she didn't even know about the accusation until right. she started hearing about it. And which is an indication that it, you know, probably didn't happen and it, or at least it wasn't enough, you know, supposedly she's, she's, pushing around a pregnant woman and the police never even question her about it. That just doesn't, or ask for the security tapes or anything like that. It just does not make sense. And so at some point, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't news because anybody can make accusations. And if she right. didn't press charges at the time, uh, right. th that's an indication that maybe it was just, she put it in there and, and didn't want, once the police started saying, you know, if we investigate this, might, we might find out nothing happened. You know, she, she might've dropped it at that point, but these sorts of things, it, it's, it's kind of just low ball, low below the belt kind of politics that yeah. I guess, as we were just saying is kind of the par for the course for McKee at this it point. Is. But I, you do have to wonder why is this news? I, I, I can only imagine this news stations just don't want to be the ones that didn't report it or something, if something comes of it. But it's just, if you can't confirm anything and you can't get the complainant from a two-year-old allegation in another state to, to talk to you, you know, maybe, maybe just let it go. I just, so that's, that's kind of my, my attitude with this one. I, I don't, and I don't think it'll, it'll have much effect. And, you know, actually a lot of, you make a great point at the contrast with McKee uh, and his, his kind of corruption as governor. Yes. Is, is very stark and particularly uh, the lawsuits with her are tend to be lawsuits and various controversies tend to be, you know, sort of like entrepreneurial stuff. Or we, one of, one of the stories is they, they started a business and they ran out of money. And, and so there was some, you know, as you would expect when something like that happens, the business entrepreneurial business doesn't take off. People get angry or, or disappointed at the very least. And there's some friction there. And that, that sort of stuff, I think the contrast with the, the corrupt governor versus 
the the businesswoman who who has you know, some every now and then involves lawsuits, which business sometimes does. Uh, I think the the contrast is very stark. Um, folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, what do you make of the fact that it's been now seemingly been established that Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos and then Bob Walsh, who's now retired from any of Rhode Island, but then they act as the McKee attack dogs and they took to social media to go after Kalis. Sabina Matos uh, saying that Ashley Kalis, based on these allegations, was unfit for the office of governor. You know, I, I, this is one area where I, I, it, it just, the hypocrisy is just is just leaves you speechless as you, as you can, as you can hear I'm, yeah. I'm kind of speechless it's just the the idea that matos would be oh believe the you know believe the person accusing this woman of something you know just if the parties were reversed is is you know whatever happened to just to to giving some consideration to proof to letting allegations bear out I, there's none of that. It's just a tactic. And as you say, Bob Walsh, I mean, he's, he's now a full on Democrat advisor. Oh. advisor. I can't wait to see how much he's getting paid in the campaign reports once the election's over, unless, unless nobody's going to actually report it. Uh, and, but it's, it just shows you uh, again, to go back to the McKee camp, this, I mean, Matos was, I think she was involved with progressive Latino. So she, I mean, she's been a progressive yeah. in the area for, for decades. So it's not too surprising, but that she'd be partying up with Walsh, but, McKee was was an education reformer kind of guy, that's and right. that's an, just another area where it's just what is going on here. The guy has sold his soul, and but this, yeah, the social media stuff's been oh anybody who could be accused of that. Well, anybody can be accused of anything. <laughs> if, right, you know, if, somebody's, if somebody's not going to press charges and they're just going to let it go quietly away, that's that's not a standard we want to establish. And and you know for a fact it wouldn't be in the opposite direction. It would be, we need, it needs to be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt in a court of law if they're a Democrat, but a, an allegation against a Republican, well, that, that's good enough. Let's run with that. And, you know, the idea that Matos, I mean, maybe she should concentrate on her own race and have some debates or something rather than, than going after her, her, her bosses. I mean, they are separate races. Let's not forget. It's still separate governor and lieutenant governor uh, rather than going after her, her bosses or, or partners, uh, enemies. Maybe she should be worrying about substantiating her own campaign well in speaking of that lieutenant governor's race i think they have a tv debate coming up on friday on channel 10 but they did one radio debate and after that uh i thought aaron gookie and the lieutenant governor republican candidate he did a very good job he's terrific i think he may be one of the best of the the current crop right now but he he brought out the fact that she's missed meetings she hasn't gone to meetings um he was then questioning you know what exactly is your business background and she flipped around and said that he was interrupting her. He was being sexist by doing that. He was overly aggressive by questioning her work record. He was saying that she was lazy. She, I'll tell you, Justin, she threw up all of the progressive roadblocks that you're, uh, you're saying this. And during the debate, she said, well, I'm a, a woman of color. And so now you're being rude to a woman of color. I mean, it's, it's every catchphrase excuse if anyone disagrees with her. Um, and was calling him a liar, even though he was saying, we have all the meetings posted. You missed meetings that you're supposed to attend. Um, what, what was your reaction and just thoughts on her immediately saying, the only reason you're saying any of this is because I'm a woman. You're a, a MAGA Republican election denier. And, and, and the only reason you're saying this is because I'm a woman of color. Well, yeah, they, that's why the progressives set these things up so that they yeah. can shoot them up with like flares. And, and, and you, <laughs> you know, this this year we're seeing a lot of these things. Really, if you can't learn the lessons this election season, you're you're never going to learn them. I mean, you look at look at John was it John Fetterman in Pennsylvania? Yes. I mean, you've got them saying, oh, well, it's it's ableist that, to say that a guy who can't speak or can't understand what people are saying with him unless it's written down in a transcript it's ableist to say he shouldn't be in congress what you know <laughs> i feel bad for the guy but you know that's yeah. not you're we're electing people who are supposed to be making decisions that requires right. communications and negotiating and and all this kind of stuff which you just can't do i mean it's, i'm sorry <laughs> it's too bad he can't do it and hopefully he gets better but uh that's not an excuse but that's why they set these things up so that they can yep. excuse their side whilst not excusing the other side of, of anything similar and that, but that's what they do. And I, it's almost, I, you have to, 
kind of hope, I mean, I don't know how many people pay attention to the lieutenant governor's race in Rhode Island, but you've, you've got to hope that people who are paying attention see it for what it is. It's sort of like Twitter brought into real life. You know, just, just oh, you're just saying that because I'm a woman of color. Oh, you're because of this and you're sexist and you're interrupting me. And I think there's... It, I th- anybody who's paying attention, I think, will see it for what it is. The question is how many people are and how many people just they're just so partisan that they don't care anyway. Right. Now, also, before we take a break, First Lady uh, Jill Biden came to Rhode Island last week. And I'll tell you, Justin, it wasn't open to the public. Uh, they used Rhode Island College. Uh, I saw on social media. It, it basically it was a political event. It wasn't there's was no business conducted. It was. You know, they were filming it. I'm sure we're going to see them in commercials for Dan McKee and also for Seth Magaziner. But it was it was basically a political event under the guise of that she just wanted to come to Rhode Island and visit Rhode Island College. Yeah, I mean, it was billed the whole I mean, maybe that particular maybe they made a stop there to make it look like it wasn't completely a political tour of Rhode Island. But but that's what it was presented as. Joe yeah. Biden's coming to support Seth Magaziner. I mean, that's how how her visit was billed. It's, it's, it's not as if, oh, I'll be there anyway for this event at Rhode Island College, so I'll swing by your campaign event. No, nobody perceives it that way, and that's not what it was. And so I think that's, but and it's lamentable that our you know our our public institutions are just they're just simply part of the Democrat establishment. And right. that's, that's just the, the reality of it. They, they will be willing participants in any campaign activity uh, of the Democrat Party in, in Rhode Island. And, and it's, it's a shame, but, but that's just the way it is. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 our segment is politics this week. With me is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, let's talk CD2. By all accounts, three people in the race. I thought it was very disingenuous when the Democrat Party released a poll that they only had Alan Fung, Seth Magaziner. There's a third person. It's Bill Gilbert. He's running the moderate party. And by all accounts, I think all they did, they didn't release the inner workings of the poll, but I mean, I, the media ran with it, but by all accounts, it was they, they took whatever Gilbert has and gave it to Magaziner to try to make it seem like it's, a, you know, the race is deadlocked. But where by every any other poll that came out and Fung has handled himself well in the debates, I mean, I, I see, I think that Fung is going to win this. We have every reason to believe he's going to win it. But um, it just shows that they, they won't stoop to anything. I don't think the media locally i don't think they should have reported on this bogus internal poll that was i think it was done by the uh the you know the dcc yeah you, you do wonder whether they they might should present the poll results like that coming from republicans but they would they would heavily you know bury it in suspicion and skepticism of, about the results and oh and a push poll etc cetera, etc cetera. uh it's so he, i i take the, the way the Democrats are acting uh, around Seth Magaziner, I mean, they, they're clearly concerned. I saw actually Chris Christie was on one of the talk shows saying he was using Rhode Island as just evidence of why they're going to have a national, I mean, as if as if it's already a foregone conclusion. Granted, yes. he's a Republican and he came to, to support Fung, but I think a lot of people are just 
are genuinely expecting Alan Fung to to just to win, and so they're you know they're just gonna just sort of like the ac- accusations against Kalis from an unsubstantiated attack in Illinois two years ago. Oh, we have a poll now. We have a poll. We're gonna we're we're actually in a dead heat. So don't panic, Democrats. Go out and vote for me. And you know, just like Rhode Island College, the, the local media is very much a, a Democrat operation. And so right. uh, they're they're gonna if if they think their their candidate can get a little bit of uh, running room out of a bogus poll saying he's in a dead heat, then you know they'll they'll go ahead and do that. But at this point, I'm not sure what difference it makes. They're just trying to, I, I imagine they're just trying to keep their side from being too demoralized to go vote. Yeah, I what I also don't, uh, Justin don't understand was was the fact that the Providence Journal and the Public's Radio they they included Bill Gilbert in their debate. Channel Twelve didn't. So the people that even included the third party moderate, and granted, I think he had four or five percent in the poll. But I, how are you reporting in a poll and you, that you notice that the, the third party candidate that you included in the debate is not included in the poll? I, I just I, how do they not step back and say, well, wait a minute, how did you poll? Where, where did the, the third party? He must have been significant enough that they included him in the debate. Yeah, well, they're they're. There are basically two two types of journalism you you see in politics. One of them is the the real heavy digging deep and to get to behind the truth behind beyond the politics, and that that's often reserved for for things that help Republicans. And then there's the passing along the press release kind right. of journalism, and I think we we've seen a lot of that, and it's particularly beneficial to Democrats typically. And I, I think that's that's what you get. And here's our press release. Oh, a press release is out, you know. And to some extent, it's it. It may not. It, there's a part of it that's not even political. It's just an easy story here. Let me change a few words and put my byline on it, and I, I can file a story, and I'm done for the day. Uh, but but a lot of it is just they're 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 check their skepticism at the door. Uh, oh well, they they had this report, so we're just passing it along, sort of like the story against Kayla. So, oh well, there was a police report. We're just reporting on a police report from two years ago in Illinois. It's it's that kind of thing. Just they pull it out, or or as we've talked about, even you see this with schools and unions, right? The teachers pull out the picture of of right. supposed rats in a school or whatever. Sure. And, when nobody ever says, when did that come from? No, when was falling it tile. Yeah, yeah exactly. the whole thing. Yeah, so, stains, the whole yeah, thing. It's, it's, it's just kind of part of the, the mix I think people have come to expect from the media. Now, uh, Justin Katz, last week, uh, Channel 12 had, I thought, a pretty good uh, story exclusive, and that was this business of a deputy chief of staff is for the speaker. Um, John Conti is his name, that he was – He's in the mix. I mean, he's the deputy chief of staff of the speaker. He he was a lot of this these allegations was going on under Mattiello, not so much with Joe Sakachi, but this video of him meeting with the so-called member of organized crime, and they had text messages. He was keeping them appraised of what was going on with the of what the uh, the the medical marijuana and the licenses being given out. What are you, what is your thoughts, Justin? Number one on the story itself. Number two. I, I find it disturbing that, I mean, this criminal activity is basically going on at the state house, granted outside, but at the state house. Governor McKee had no interest in the story, pretended he didn't see it, whatever. Um, and also the fact that even Common Cause is saying maybe they need to relook who the speaker's people are, or even the governor's people, for that matter, that are appointing people to this this cannabis um, you know, commission. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they do need to take a closer look. But in my view, you're not going to stop this. Basically, basically, we're creating a, a funnel of power yeah. and money that goes yeah. through the state house. People are going to find ways to take advantage of it. You know, it, it reminded me more than anything. It kind of reminded me of the insider training trading thing with Langevin and White House and, yes. and so forth. Congress. It, that's basically it's part of it is being able to affect legislation, but a large part of it, as this story shows, is just having that that six hours even of, of lead time on something that's about to be announced from the General Assembly is valuable. And oh, yeah. that's that's part of the problem of the way they've they've legalized they're legalizing marijuana is, you know, uh, as a my libertarian streak is, is mostly fine with legalizing it, but just making it another, like a casino, like casinos, like another government thing where they, where they, they seek revenue by basically taking over a formerly illegal activity and making it legal. As long as they get a giant cut, you're going to get this. We saw it in fall river uh, with the 
Korea kid uh, yeah. being on, a, on this power to give out licenses. It's just going to happen if you, do, if you do things this way. And I think that's, that's we can have more oversight, but you're, you're still going to get it. You just need to just, if it's, if it's legal, if we decide we want it to be legal, let it be legal, regulate it like a, like a product and tax it like a product and don't make it this, this huge thing where you're giving out a limited number of licenses. But that's why they do it this way. So they can funnel everything through for either political or personal gain. Uh, and if, if they're not directly profiting off it, they're finding some way to profit off it. And the other thing that really struck me about this is we need more turnover in, in Rhode Island government and, and yeah. the satellites for one thing conti came in in what 2006 if yep. you never if you never expect to lose your job because you're once you're in your party's in forever that's changes how you behave and it invites corruption and that's one thing i wish rhode islanders would would um would start to pick up on a little bit more. And even, I mean, John Marion and Common Cause has, has done some good work. I've disagreed with him on a lot, but he's in every story, you know, yeah. and it just shows you how, how limited the universe is of people who know these things, who pay attention. If you're not in that narrow, if you, the, it, narrow group, you, you kind of get edged out and, and you don't have the information. We, so we, we need a lot more uh, turnover. We need a lot more competition and we need a lot more, we need, actively the news media in particular ought to be going out and looking for other people who can off provide that same content that john marion might be but they just don't happen to have them have their cell phone numbers maybe it's time to cultivate more people like that i think you're right and on top of that um but people that may not fully have understood the story but if, if you're i see i think especially if you're a lobbyist knowing you know, how many votes, because the speaker, they count votes on, is there support for this bill? Is there not support for this bill? Is it, is it going to get a vote? Is it not going to get a vote? Is it going to make it out of committee? Someone in that position would know all that stuff that's valuable intel, that's valuable information to have. Um, I find the whole thing, he, he makes 136000 a year. Let's face it, Justin, I don't care what anyone says. It's a part-time job. They're only in session from, from January to June summertime i mean the state house is a ghost house they're not in session the fall it's the same way and the guy's a maitre d'a camille's like what is this like pick how many people would just say hey that's the job i'm doing i'll be committed to it this business where you're doing it on the side and you know that's a big spot where a lot of the state house people go and they hang out and there's fundraisers there and there's different uh times that they hold there but it's i i found the whole thing a little shaky Finally, I just want to get your thoughts on the general treasurer's race. Um, this year, this is another reminder to me that I th I think, and I, I don't know why they won't do this, but um, someone had said it a while ago. It, it wasn't initially my idea, but that we, we should switch it that, okay, so they're four-year terms, but what we should do is say this year you have governor, you know, lieutenant governor, and then in, in the off year, kind of what they do at the Olympics. And then two years, you have attorney general, general treasurer, secretary of state, those down ballot races. So, so you don't have all these races at once because that, that general treasurer's race, boy, that, uh, the, that mayor from Central Falls, he, I mean, the guy was basically just like a travel agent. He was just traveling everywhere, uh, fast and loose with the records. And unless this Republican can can really build some final momentum, it's an important office. But this James Deosa, Justin, I don't think the guy's qualified at all. No, and that's part of the part of the problem we have is your your only qualification is to be partisan Democrat. I mean, you you right. don't have to. You don't. I mean, Lathrop's a CPA. He's a, he's a, does municipal finance for was it North Kingstown, I think. Yeah. And uh, I mean, <laughs> he had a, an interesting quote and a story about him. He says he likes to read financial statements, like as a, as a hobby. I mean, the guy is qualified, and I think this is part of the the problem we have in Rhode Island. And it's, it's even even diehard Democrats should should start to think about this very seriously people who are qualified have no incentive to run right because they they they'll go up against a young guy with no real financial experience he kind of ran a city for a while while the state was in control of it in large part and so he's going to be the general treasurer of the state what it makes you think is that we could just eliminate these positions because obviously 
you don't have to have any qualifications to to hold the role of general treasurer. Uh, um, the only thing they're really doing at this point, it seems, is kind of legis- legislating as much as they can. Like Seth Magaziner loved to to announce that they were leveraging their their power, the power of the purse, with the pension fund for this or to divest in that or force board use their vote on on company boards to, to change their internal policies for in progressive causes. I mean, that's really not what. The, a fiduciary for the state of Rhode Island ought to be doing, but we, we don't see it. Whether, you know, whether splitting up the races would help, I, you know, that I don't know. And then some, somebody's going to land on a presidential year, right. And that's going to make things challenging as well. But I, I just don't know that people pay that much attention to these races anyway, because they, maybe they pick up on the fact that it's just a joke, but it's, it's a shame. It's, we're, we're a far cry from where there was any, any sense of a comparison of qualifications. It's just, it's just not considered. It's, it's how, are you a Democrat? Are you going to support progressive causes and the labor unions? That's it. That's the only qualification. And that's why we're in the state we're in. That's right. Folks, again, he's the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz, our segment of politics this week. Justin, excellent job, as always. One week to go, and we'll talk to you again. Yep, almost there. I'll talk to you soon, John. Thanks, Justin. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401 732 1730 the next couple of months get your driveway prepared for winter time call j perry paving today for a free quote 401-732-1730 licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving today affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing remember even asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote letter j j perry paving look for them on facebook and call 401-732-1730 remember no one's better to veterans than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 high quality fair pricing exceptional service free estimate J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health poppin and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.